Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Taylor Schulte. Taylor, are you ready to do this? George, I'm ready. Excellent. Let's do this. Taylor is a CFP. He is the founder and CEO of Define Financial. He's a top 100 most influential advisor, five-star wealth manager, and the founder of the Stay Wealthy podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Taylor, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thanks, George. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the the kind intro there. Um, I'm out here in, in sunny San Diego. I've got uh, two little kids under two, which is just pure insanity wow, these nice. days. Yeah. Um, we were talking about before the show started, I'm a native San Diegan, which is actually really rare. It's a really transient city. A lot of people coming in and out of here, but I'm one of the rare natives. Um, I've kind of, my family's here. Um, uh, my extended family is here and, and I'll be here for the rest of my life. So, uh, it's, it's really fun. We love it out here, but in San Diego, I own a commission free financial planning firm and we specialize in helping retirees do three things. One, reduce taxes to invest smarter. And three, uh, we call it making work optional in retirement. So a lot of our clients really enjoy what they, they do. They love their work and they're not sure that they ever really want to stop completely. So we at least want to make sure that they can stop working if they want to. And we call that making work optional. And like you mentioned, I know that we're not a good fit for everybody, but I have this kind of inherent passion of just helping people. And so I launched a podcast called Stay Wealthy, and it's kind of my way to give back and, and, and reach a larger audience and help more people with, without expecting anything in return. I'm just, uh, I, I like teaching, I like talking, I, I love finance. And so we talk about the same type of stuff, retirement type stuff, reducing taxes, investing smarter, and have a, a lot of really fun conversations on the Stay Wealthy podcast. Nice. I love it. And I appreciate that very much. I think that the, the more good ideas you can kind of throw out into the universe, the better. So because heavens knows we we need all the help we can get, certainly myself included. So Yeah, and I'm sure you can attest that yeah. like, you learn a lot doing this stuff, a lot, of, a lot of research, talking to really unique guests. And so I've learned a lot personally along the way. Yeah, for sure. So I, I, I love the three areas of focus, obviously. Well, it's maybe not obvious, but certainly I'm interested in reducing taxes, uh, investing smarter, and making work optional. That's the one that, that really resonated with me. And I think that that certainly resonates with, with, with a lot of the people who listen to the show. Um, hopefully, people out there who are listening really enjoy their work. I know that there's certainly some people who don't necessarily, but <laughs> right. um, can you define that a little bit more? Sure. And I think it's a kind of a growing trend. I mean, you know, in the past, people worked for one company or a couple companies and they worked there for 30 years and they had a retirement package and a pension and, you know, they retired at 65 and called it a day. But it seems these days that people are expecting to live longer. They're choosing careers that they're passionate about and that they love. Uh, and I mean, that's exactly how I feel today. Like I love financial planning. If you listen to my podcast or go on my website, you can just tell that I love what I do. And personally, I just can't wrap my head around actually ever retiring. Like I just, I can't. And so the more people that I talk to and, and the clients that we take on, they feel the same way, whether they're a teacher or a doctor or an attorney, they just have this passion for helping people and, and working with people. And they're just not sure that like, like the word retire just doesn't seem to, um, to make a whole lot of sense to them. Like they just don't know that they're ever going to have an actual end date 
uh, and they, they want to know that they have the ability to retire. They just don't know when and if they will retire or what that will look like. So, you know, our job is to bring clarity around retirement, give them that, um, you know, that, that safety and knowing that they have the ability to retire if they want to, but that they can continue doing what they love for as long as they'd like. And it just seems to just really resonate again with myself and, uh, uh, and I seem to attract, you know, similar types of people. Got it. I think that that makes sense. And work is, it's, I was just thinking as, 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 as you're sharing that with me, this idea of retirement, I, I wish that I could actually say it came from here. You know, people started talking about this when, but I'm, I'm not sure about that. And perhaps, perhaps, you know, but I know that, that work is, is where so many of us do find our fulfillment. We, 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 we find purpose through work, meaning we, it helps us to feel productive. So I, everything you're saying resonates that a lot of people don't want to stop doing that, but they do want to know that, hey, if I did want to stop doing this, I'd be fine financially. Yep, exactly. And the number one fear that everybody has is, is running out of money. People want to know that they're not going to run out of money. And once you can kind of settle that fear and, and um, uh, you know, bring clarity to that conversation, it just gives people the freedom and flexibility to then decide, like, what do I want retirement to look like? Maybe I do want to continue working. Maybe I want to travel the world. Maybe I want to travel the world for 10 years and then come back to work. And so everybody just has a different definition um, and a different outlook once they have clarity around, you know, their money and, and knowing that, it will last longer than them. And that's a great word, I think, clarity. And you also said permission in there, and that's that's a really powerful thing too. Um, it's almost, it's it, it's more a factor or a matter of that you're helping people arrive at permission together. It's not like I'm giving somebody permission. It kind of sounds funny, but having the conversations and, and, and through that clarity, you sort of do find permission to say, okay, I'm able to do really whatever I want. Yeah. And I'm sure you've heard the question before too, like, do I have enough money to retire? Well, uh, you know, for some people, a million dollars might be enough to retire and for others it might not be. And so I think you're right, giving them permission and, and a lot of it is up to them, right? If they have control over their spending, um, if they've done a good job paying down debt, uh, perhaps they do have enough to retire. Uh, and so everybody's answer to that question is going to be a little bit different and, uh, it's really up to them and, and me just kind of guiding that conversation and, and, crunching numbers and certainly helping, but it's really ultimately up to them to, to figure out whether they are actually able to retire or not. So for people who, who are listening, they say, yes, that's the situation I want to be in. I, I, I want to get to that point. Um, and there's probably people you talk to that are 40 years old that are having this conversation or people that are 70 years old that are having this conversation, right? Yep. So it, it's really all across the board. I think an obvious answer is probably these people are probably saving money, right? That they have consistent income and they're able to put enough away so they've accumulated money. For people who say, okay, uh, I'm not anywhere close to that yet, how do I get started? How would you counsel them? Sure, I mean, the first thing that I wanna say, and you hit the nail on the head, is that saving more money and spending less means a whole lot more than trying to find a way to squeak out an extra few percentage points in in your investment return. So, you know, talking about investments and learning about investments and watching CNBC and having these debates with your friends and, you know, listening to these nerdy podcasts, it's, it's really fun. Like, it's really exciting and everyone likes to talk about that stuff. And, you know, obviously Bitcoin has made headlines lately. And, um, you know, all that is really fun to talk about, but squeaking out a few extra percentage points on your investments just, just doesn't mean as much as learning how to save more and spend less. 
And so I always love the quote, the, I always kind of butcher it, but it's like the hard thing and the right thing are often the same. And if you recognize that saving money is really hard for you or tracking your expenses is really hard for you, that should trigger a light bulb to go off to say, you know what, like those are the hard things that I'm avoiding. Those are really the things that I need to be paying attention to and, and getting, uh, you know, and spending my time on. And so if you're not a high earner yet or you're not able to save a lot of money yet, then I would counsel you and direct you towards the number one thing that I think everybody can do is to track their expenses. And whenever I say track their expenses, people kind of freak out a little bit and they're like, I don't want a budget. I'm not good with budgets. Uh, <laughs> and and I, that's not what I mean by tracking your expenses is just documenting and finding out where your money is going every week, every month, because the single common trait between all of our financials, financially successful clients is they know where every single penny goes every single day. And knowledge is power. So if you just know where your money is going, you will just find your, you will find yourself starting to make changes to your behaviors without really even doing anything. And so if, if there could just be one thing, if you're just, if you're just not quite there yet, but you want to start somewhere, just find a way to track your expenses. And I wish I had like the magic solution for you, but everybody does this a little bit differently. I use technology to track my expenses. Some people like a pen and paper, some people uh, like Microsoft Excel spreadsheets or Google sheets or whatever. So you just need to find something that works for you and then start to build that into your daily, weekly, monthly habits. And you'll be really surprised if you commit to that for a few months, for a full year. Again, knowledge is power. You're going to be really surprised with how you start to just change your behaviors towards money. There's a lot of really, really important and great stuff in there. So thank you for that. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head with the hard thing is often the right thing, or rather the hard thing and the right thing are often the same. And if you're resistant to tracking your expenses probably the most important thing you should be doing. <laughs> and I could speak from absolute personal experience that my entire, the entire decade of my twenties would have been if somebody had really forced me or tried to get me to do a budget, I would have been so resistant because I knew that I was spending money like an idiot. So <laughs> such a, such an important thing. And then knowledge is power. And once you start doing things, what gets measured gets done and yep. then behavior change will follow. So I think that that's, I mean, it's such great stuff. It's really wild. I mean, uh, you know, m my wife and I, we are candidly, we are terrible with budgets. <laughs> we are, we are definitely more spenders than savers. But several years ago we started implementing, uh, you know, tracking our, our expenses and we found a really good way to do that for both of us. And man, it's just crazy. You just start to look at these expenses. You're like, do I really need to be spending? Right. I mean, one of them was, was cable and we're not like these big cord cutters or anything, but we just looked at our cable bill month after month after month. We're like, do we really need to be spending $250 a month on cable? Like we have two kids at home. We rarely watch TV. And so again, it just kind of started to shift our attitude and behavior towards money. And, um, yeah, we saved a little bit of money by, you know, cutting the cable bill and, um, so it's just it's just interesting. Your conversations and your thinking just starts to change. Oh, I 100% agree, and it is. I had the same experience, and I think that if you are if you are serious about one day making work optional for yourself, then you need to have you need you need to be serious about it. You need to be intentional about it, and you'll you'll need to make tough decisions because you can't have both necessarily. You can't want to amass enough money to be able to stop working and also be 
frivolously spending money on 250 bucks a month on cable or Netflix or Hulu or any number of things. I'm not one of those guys that's going to say, stop spending money on coffee at $2 a day, although that mm-hmm. does add up. But, man, if you can start cutting $100, $200, $300, $400 a month from your monthly expenses, which I bet you can, that has an impact. Yeah, and I just want to make something really clear. I mean, again, everybody makes spending decisions differently, and I don't ever want to be in the camp that tells somebody how they should spend their money. So, for instance, some people love CrossFit, and CrossFit isn't cheap, but it's a really important part of their life. And so if it's if that's important to you and spending $300 a month for your CrossFit gym is important to you, that's totally fine. All I want you to do is just know where your money is going. And again, you'll start to see some of your patterns and behaviors change. So I'm not telling you to go cut your CrossFit membership to try and save a little extra money, but just start to make some conscious decisions around your spending. Um, so I will never, ever tell somebody, you know, you shouldn't have that that nice car, or that nice gym membership um, if that's important to them. Yeah. No, I, amen. Appreciate that very much. So the second part, or, or rather, rather... Uh, reducing taxes and investing smarter. People have made a commitment. They say, yep, I'm, I'm going to start tracking my spending. I'm going to start tracking my expenses. I want to get there. When you talk about reducing taxes, how does that manifest itself? Yeah, so my kind of guiding philosophy to money and investments is to focus on the things you can control. So we can't control the direction of the stock market. We can't control what the president's going to do. We can't control what the Fed's going to do with interest rates. These things are completely out of our control. And again, it's fun and interesting to learn about and read about and watch the television. But there is nothing that we can do to change any of this or predict any of it. And Taxes is one of those things that, believe it or not, we have control over. Every day we're making decisions that impact our taxes. And, you know, you hear a lot of people say, well, I don't make enough money for, you know, tax planning to really matter. And I go, oh, really? Well, are you maxing out your uh, your employer 401k plan at work? Well, no, I'm not quite there yet. Well, you know, for every dollar you put into that 401k plan, you're saving some taxes along the way. You might be saving taxes today if you're doing a traditional 401k. You might be saving on taxes in the future if you're doing a Roth 401k. So either way, this decision that you make every day to put money into that employer plan is a tax decision. And so as your life gets more complicated, as your financial situation gets more complex and you save more money, more of these tax planning um, opportunities become available to you. So don't ever think that um, your situation is so simple that tax planning doesn't matter or you don't make enough money where tax planning doesn't matter. There's there's you have a decision every day to save money on taxes. And it is one of those things that you have direct control over. So you can read and learn about the tax code and the tax law changes or hire a professional to learn how you can save some money. But uh, it's one of those things that you can control. And that's where we should be spending and, and putting our time and energy into not trying to figure out, um, you know, should I have 10% in international stocks or 12%? <laughs> Um, and so it's really, really, really powerful and it compounds the earlier you start compounding is a magical thing. So uh, if you save money on taxes at 30 years old and that compounds over the next 30 years, that's, that's huge. I love, uh, I I love the saying that you should focus on the parts of your garden that you can reach. And that's sort of Mm. what we're talking about. You know, I I can't, I cannot solve global problems, but I can make decisions about the things that you just described. So amen on that. And how about investing smarter? 
Yeah. So I mean, investing is the same thing. Um, uh, there are things within your investments that you have direct control over. Now we don't know the direction of the stock market. We don't know where it's going to go tomorrow or this month or, or this year. But uh, there are things within a portfolio that you can control. The biggest one and the easiest one for everybody is fees. So Vanguard uh, is a big mutual fund company. And Vanguard did a study that said or the, the conclusion was that fees, the amount that you pay to invest is the best predictor of future returns. And if I put that really simply, uh, the less you pay in your investments, the less you pay in fees, um, the, the higher likelihood that you're going to outperform or your investments are going to perform better in the future. And so one of the things that everybody can do today is look at their investment portfolio, whether you have your own account at Schwab or Fidelity or Scott Trade or something like that, or you have a 401k at work, open up that account and there are some ticker symbols in there and go and look at those ticker symbols and type them into Google and go find what's called the expense ratio. And the expense ratio will tell you how much you're paying behind the scenes to own that particular investment. And our goal is to get that expense ratio as low as possible. And today there are actually investments out there that cost pretty much zero. Um, and so that's just one of those things that we have direct control over. And again, you, you see people having these conversations about should I buy Amazon or should I buy Disney or what do you think about Bitcoin or uh, should I own emerging markets when they don't even know how much they're paying to invest their money. So start with something that you have direct control over and uh, you're going to make a huge impact on, on your long term wealth. I love it. Well, Taylor, Savage Nation is ready for your difference making tip. What do you have for them? Well, um, that that was my difference making tip, but I'm going to give <laughs> I'm going to give two. So I, I am huge about reducing fees and reducing costs. So um, if you're if you want to to learn how to reduce your fees and costs in your own portfolio, I don't know many people don't know this, but Morningstar.com is free. So you can go to Morningstar.com. You can punch in the ticker symbol for your 401k at work. And front and center, it will tell you what the expense ratio is. Now, your goal should be to get that expense ratio, uh, let's just call it less than 0.25. So if you see a number higher than 0.25, you should work to find out a way uh, to find a new investment that's cheaper than that. Um, my second tip for everybody is um, organization and clarity is really, really, really important. This kind of goes along the lines of tracking expenses. Uh, there's a, a tool out there called mint.com and mint.com is a great place to get kind of a visual dashboard of your entire financial life. Now, mint does have a free version. I tell people, if you're going to use the free version, just do me a favor and don't click on a single ad. Don't, <laughs> don't even think about it, no matter how enticing it looks, but use their tools to get that organization and clarity around your money. So you know where all of your accounts are, the fees that you're paying, your budgeting, your expenses, all of that in, in one single place. I cannot tell you how powerful it is to have everything all in one place. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets, come on. Come on. And Taylor, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Yeah, the best place to learn more about me is just go to youstaywealthy.com. Uh, all my information, bio, podcast, firm, everything is listed there. You can also check out the Stay Wealthy podcast in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just type in Stay Wealthy and you'll find us. And uh, George, I, I really appreciate you having me on. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Taylor your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to youstaywealthy.com. Check out all the great stuff. Listen to the podcast and enjoy. Thank you again, Taylor. Thanks, George. Appreciate it. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.
Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.